Here's the thing. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would that has to be an act of Congress. And um, I, I, I don't even like to call it forgiveness because that imp- implies a transgression. It's not to be forgiven. Get just freeing people from those obligations. Uh, so it, 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 the question of who gets forgiven, whether, to use the term of art that is out there, uh, is, a, is a debate. Do we use the, whatever money there is for the broadest base of support of the, those with um, more people with even less debt or fewer people with more debt? That's a policy discussion. But the difference between the president, the president can't do it. So that's not even a discussion. They, not everybody realizes that, but the president can only postpone, delay, but not forgive. The USA is in a crucial stage. Not because of foreign wars we wage It's more to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people trying to cross the border And politicians build a new world order Too many minds are convinced they should be Gotta be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn you went. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn into guns. All the unions always ask for more. Is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn you wet. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. But as always, I am your ever-so-humble and 
mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from Roan County, Tennessee. And man, oh man, do I have a lot to get to today. Not going to get to hardly any of it, though. That's ultimately what's going to happen, because just had the Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron Edwards a little while ago. And as is often the case, I like to try to do that earlier recorded and then kind of break it into segments that make sense and i try to keep an eye on the clock as we're having our conversation but that conversation ran pretty long today in fact we got nearly an hour and a half of actual conversation so it's not all going to fit in because i also have a conversation with mr richard battle that uh, i need to air for you conversation that i actually sat down and had with uh with Richard on Thursday. Uh, as I'm sure most of you guys that are regular listeners, you've noticed you haven't seen the regular, usual, updated schedule with new shows. Uh, it has a lot to do with the fact that I've been very much under the weather. Uh, this past week has really been uh, hard. I got a a stomach bug and I just could not quite kick it. Uh, of course, everybody and their grandmother kept trying to say, Tim, you've got the COVID, Tim, you've got the COVID. No, no, no COVID. Uh, there was nothing respiratory, first of all, so I was never suspicious of that in the first place. But to put my loving wife's mind at ease, who actually quarantined me back here in the uh, home studio anyway, um, did take a couple of home tests and uh, negative on both occasions there. So no, uh, no indication, no reason to believe, not that I was able to convince her anyway, but I am finally feeling better. And I had this thing going on where I started to feel a little better and then I started feeling really bad again. And uh fever tried to return and and so i was feeling better on thursday evening when i was scheduled to have my conversation with uh mr battle uh, so i went ahead and recorded that when i thought i might be able to go ahead and do at least an hour so that there would be new uh content for friday for the uh for the radio shows uh the uh, terrestrial radio stations at any rate and just during the, the course of the conversation started feeling really bad again to the point that I just didn't feel like I could sit and do it with any level of quality. So postponed again. So I'm going to air the conversation with uh, Richard. I also had two interviews that I had to flat out cancel during that time frame because both Tuesday evening and Wednesday evening I had a scheduled uh, recording with guests who we're very gracious and very kind and we're very understanding and we'll be looking to try and reschedule them sometime hopefully in this upcoming week we'll see how that plays out but definitely some point within the next couple of weeks but here's the thing playing uh, the conversation with uh, richard battle means i'm not even going to get half of uh, the conversation with ron into today's show uh, before i'll have to end the second hour which, you know, okay, fair enough. Uh, so we'll carry that over. In the meanwhile, I, there are some topics that I want to discuss. And I thought I would start off with the uh, wonderful report of life in Biden's America. Because it's been really uh, just 
quite the phenomenal week here for civility uh, in Biden's America. Uh, this, of course, is Democrats up and down the East Coast basically called every Republican living in the, the United States haters and, of course, referred to them as semi-fascist. Uh, an interesting word choice considering it seems to be Biden who's ignoring the Constitution and leftist office holders, particularly of the Democratic Party, that are looking to take away constitutional rights and and other things. But no, no, it's all of us Republicans, uh, all of us conservatives, all of us Christian Americans that are the semi-fascist. And first and foremost, there is no such thing as a semi-fascist. You either are a fascist or you're not. That's pretty much straight up. And ultimately, uh, I honestly believe that while Joe Biden may no longer remember that there's a difference, he may not have ever known that there was a difference, but I'm pretty sure that the person that was writing the speech for him before he went off and started using his own terminology here, that they understand there's a difference. They understand what fascism is. The problem is most of the uh, American public, especially those that tend to follow the left and vote democratic, they probably don't know what the political definition of fascism is. They just try to say, oh, well, you're fascist. That means you're like the Nazis, man. Um, there's a little more to it than that. And uh, it's important that you should realize that when the left use the word, uh, they're probably not using it correctly. You know, like pretty much everything else they say and do, they're trying to win the argument by controlling the language, not by actually having a good argument. Anyway, we literally had one governor who told all the Republicans in her state to just get out and move to Florida, which actually probably not a bad idea for those particular folks. In fact... I would recommend everybody in New York get out of New York and move to Florida. Don't vote like you're doing now if you happen to be a leftist, but just kind of show up, live for a little while, and see how much better things are when a conservative-style of management is what runs and operates your state. You might be surprised at how much more freedom you have, how much more liberty you get to experience. You might be really surprised at how much better everybody can get along when everybody adopts the attitude of your business is your business. And I'll respect your right to be a vegan if you respect my right to not be a vegan. You know, that kind of thing. You might be surprised at how well that works. I know it's been a minute since you've seen it. But it is how the United States of America managed to stay together as a united nation for quite a while. Uh, we actually had that mindset. At least most of us did. Anyway, the messaging that the Democratic Party has been throwing out there makes it pretty clear. Uh, as a party, they have zero interest, uh, none, not a, not a bit of interest of working together with the other half of the country, you know if for some reason that wasn't already obvious to you. But nevertheless, brief recap of some of the uh, messages of love from our left-leaning uh, office holders, at least as of late. We'll start, of course, with the big guy himself, uh, current leader of the regime, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., this week, Biden blasted former President Donald Trump and, of course, absolutely anybody and everybody that agrees with his version of conservatism. 
quote, what we're seeing now, where's my pudding in slippers? No, I'm sorry. What we're seeing now is either the beginning or the death knell of extreme mega philosophy. Uh, again, I'll remind you, it took them six months to focus uh, group and test the, uh, the labeling of extreme mega and super mega and super duper mega and super duper uber booper scooper pooper mega and you know what I'm saying. Anyway, this was uh, Biden back on Monday. Continuing, it's not just Trump. It's the entire philosophy that underpins the, uh, I'm, I'm going to say something. It's like semi-fascism. It's like semi-fascism. Does, does he know what he's saying? I'm going to say he doesn't know what he's saying. Eh, wouldn't be the first time. I mean, I think he thinks he knows, but, uh, you know, these words do not mean what he thinks they mean. He also said this week, quote, I respect conservative Republicans. I don't respect these MAGA Republicans. There are not many real Republicans anymore. Really? What? How do you define real Republicans? And what is it that allows you to define the members of the other party to which you are not a member? Tuesday evening, Biden even compared MAGA Republicans to semi-fascism. That's when that phrasing came out. And when he was asked by a reporter what he meant by semi-fascism, uh, Biden said with that classic Joe Cool smirk, you know what I mean. Uh, translation, I'm not going to tell you because there's not really a meaning. Actually, there were a lot of people that had no clue exactly what he meant because, well, it wasn't exactly clear. And that's why a reporter asked White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre if Biden actually meant the proactive term. Uh, quote, you look at the definition of fascism and you think about what they're doing in attacking our democracy. Uh, what they are doing in taking away our freedoms, taking away, wanting to take away our rights, our voting rights, Jean-Pierre said in defense of her boss. I am sorry, but has there ever been a worse press secretary than Jean-Pierre? I mean, any? I mean, Corinne, seriously, you're really bad at this. I mean, I made fun of uh, Circleback Jen Psaki quite a bit because of her responses, but at least she could manage to respond in a way that sounded coherent, that if you were a leftist and wanted to believe what was being said, I mean, unfortunately, Corinne, it really seems like Joe Biden quite often is more coherent than you are. And that's not good. Anyway, Jean-Pierre added, that's what that is. It's very clear. Well, obviously, it must be clear to somebody, but not to anybody that's listening to you and expecting you to define it. Anyway, <laughs> it's very clear. And that's why he made that powerful speech that you heard from him last night. And he has not shied away from saying that. Maybe he has not used that specific word, but you've heard him certainly use that definition. Uh, no, again, because you didn't offer a definition and neither did he. And, and 
seriously, Corinne, WTF. <sighs> so, you know, stay with me here. If you're part of the 51.2% or so of GOP primary voters who just so happen to support Donald Trump in 2024, then the White House is basically saying that you support semi-fascism. Whatever that actually means. Now that figure, of course, is based on the real clear politics polling average for the 2024 GOP primary. Uh, the next closest guy in that poll was, of course, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Well, bad news for DeSantis fans. Florida's gubernatorial Democratic nominee Charlie Crist thinks that you are a hater. He does not even want your vote. Yeah, I get and. I don't blame you if you're having a hard time even keeping up with what party Charlie Crist is in because, you know, he was a Republican and then he lost in a primary, so he ran as an independent and then that hasn't worked out too well. So now he's a Democrat and I'm pretty sure he'll be uh, trying to be a member of the Green Party before long because he's not going to do well going up against Ron DeSantis for governor. It's not going to happen. But anyway, uh, quoting Crist. From this past week, those who support the governor should stay with him and vote for him. And I don't want your vote. Uh, fine, but uh, Mr. Chris, sir, uh, if you don't get at least some of the people that voted for DeSantis before, you numerically have no way to win. None, not a zip. So if you really just don't want people to vote for you, why are you even running? I mean, are you trying to set a record for number of uh, unsuccessful campaigns in a row after actually having held office? Because, you know, you and Robert Francis O'Rourke seem to be in a running gun battle for that. And um, right now, you're pretty much at a tie, but I think Beto... Robert Francis is probably going to beat you because he's younger and he's going to keep running because he's too dumb to know when to quit. Just saying. Anyway, uh, Chris finished this little statement by saying, if you have that hate in your heart, keep it there. Uh, yeah, the hate in your heart of saying, we should protect children that have not yet gone through puberty from gender ideology theology. Yeah, that's hate. That's so hateful. Oh, so hateful. Uh, excuse me, uh, Charlie, Chris, sir, uh, former guy who held office in Florida. I, it, it seems to me like you have completely lost touch with reality, uh, like a lot of folks that have decided to put a D at the end of their name. So, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, we don't want you to stop. You're revealing yourself quite nicely. Thank you. Uh, Chris also continued, saying, I want the vote of the people of Florida who care about our state. Good Democrats, good independents, good Republicans. And why is it it almost sounded like he was talking to a pet? Good boy, good boy, good boy. Chris also added, to unify with this ticket, unify 
with Val Dennings and Charlie Crist. Unify with us. Those who are haters, you're going to go off in your own world, and you better get right. Better get right? As in, get right with the Lord? Is that what you're saying? Because I'm sorry, Charlie. Um, seriously. <laughs> Somebody needs to get right with the Lord, all right. I think Ron DeSantis, I don't know him personally. Maybe he does have some issues that he needs to get straight. Most of us do, just from a statistical standpoint, all right. But I would say he's probably doing a little bit better than most folks that have decided to put a D at the end of their name and are currently holding office, just saying. Now, the thing about Chris' worst statement here is that there's a really good chance that he may have to deal with a lot more haters because when you say stuff like that, you tend to turn people off to you. On this past Monday, we also saw New York Governor Kathy Hochul. Yes, the person that was in just the right place at just the right time with just the right gender to fill the empty void left behind by... Cuomo, after he was forced departure. Yes, she told all the GOP opponents to pack up and head to the Sunshine State. Uh, she actually didn't want any Republicans at all left in her state. Just get on out of here, every last one of you. Gone, y'all, get! Except she didn't sound quite so Southern when she said it. Uh, quoting here, And we're here to say that the error of Trump and Zeldin and Marlino and uh, jump just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? Well, you know, actually, I'm pretty sure Trump tries to live in Florida, as it turns out. But anyway, Hochul also said in reference to her gubernatorial opponent, Representative Lee Zeldin, as well as GOP congressional candidate Marcus Marlena, I, I think I'm getting that last name right. If I'm butchering that, Marcus, I apologize. Saying, get out of town, because you do not represent our values. You are not New Yorkers. What? They're not New Yorkers. Uh, is there some reason you would say that other than the fact that you don't want anybody left in town that might actually vote for somebody other than you? <laughs> is, is that it? Uh, I mean, are they actually from out of town? Are they carpetbaggers? Is there actually a case of carpet bagging, carpet, carpet bagging going on uh, into the north now instead of coming from the north? Is, is that what you're accusing these folks of? Or is it just the fact that they might actually believe that there's more to life than just trying to destroy our economy and destroy our culture? You know, murdering the preborn human babies. Yeah, there's there's more to life than that, uh, Miss Hogle. I'm just just saying. Anyway, some took that to mean that Hogle was telling all 5.4 million GOP New York voters to leave, because it kind of sounded like that at certain points. But other points, it sounded like she was keeping it pretty targeted. But anyway, for her part, she kind of defended herself, saying that. I referred to three individuals, Donald Trump, County Executive uh, Marlena, 
Again, sorry, Marcus. And Congressman Lee Zeldin. I spoke about three people whose views are, we believe, are extreme. They supported the overturning of a presidential election. Well, you know what? I support the overturning of any election that wasn't carried out legitimately and legally. But I guess maybe that's just me. Uh, turns out that uh, Marcus lost Tuesday evening. But it would uh, still stand to reason that if you support any of those three individuals, Hochul might also find your views, well, extreme. All of this fiery rhetoric, of course, starts at the top with Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., the man who's called president by the Democratic Party, proclaimed on his inauguration day that America can join forces, stop the shouting, and lower the temperature. For without unity, there is no peace, only bitterness and fury. No progress, only exhausting outrage. No nation, only a state of chaos. This is our historic moment of crisis and challenge, and unity is the path forward. Of course, most Republicans knew that uh, he was full of it at the time. After all, Biden is the same man who told a group of Democrats, including many black voters, that uh, back in uh, 20. 12, GOP president and vice presidential nominee Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan uh, and the GOP at large were going to put them back in chains. After this week, if there are any GOP voters who still think that Biden actually wants unity, well, eh, there's, a, there's a bridge from New York to Florida that, uh, that I'll sell you. It's a nice bridge, too. You should consider it. All right. Uh, what do you say we take a very brief break and then jump into my conversation with Richard V. Battle? Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. You're listening to Tap Into the Truth. Want to eighteen? Let me eat a build bar. Let me eat a build bar. Let me eat a build bar. I'm in love with you. Protein bar that's tasty and it's healthy too. Nah. Did he just say healthy? Because wow, who knew? I knew my favorite tastes like cherry. Different flavors in a chocolate flavor. 
you have patriotic leanings and oppose the current abusive and socialist tendencies of the rogue federal government, what's going to happen when they come for you? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook being brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. It doesn't matter if you are a former president, a good police officer, a media truth teller, or Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. The Biden administration's FBI government bullies may pay an unfriendly visit to your residence for a raid. Just recently, FBI bullies raided Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene's Florida residence, not because of anything illegal or traitorous like the Biden regime, but because she has led GOP criticism of federal law enforcement, especially after the unannounced search of Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida. Representative Greene understands the nature of the globalist leftist persuasion of the FBI, CIA, NSA, Alphabet, Soup, intelligence agencies. They are all corrupt self-serving, and above all, anti-American. The Founding Fathers plainly stated only a good moral society will remain a free society that keeps government in check. Hopefully, for our own good, we will soon restore morality. If not, forget about it. I'm Rod Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Rise and shine, sleepy Joe. Now's the time, don't you know, to get into a new kind of dream. You can rest your head on the corner of your bed. You can watch the world go by. But you're never gonna see what the other people see if you're always gonna be a blind dog faced pony soldier. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, staying with us through that very brief break. And it is my distinct pleasure and honor to welcome back to the show a prolific author, as well as a man who's been on the ground, literally ground zero for the invasion coming across our southern border. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Mr. Richard Battle. Uh, Richard, uh, Thank you so much for joining us once again. Uh, obviously, we've got a lot of things to talk about. We'll try to cut through things as quickly as possible. But before we jump into anything going on politically, uh, you've got a new book upcoming. Uh, I believe it's September 6th that it's due out. Uh, Made in America by Americans, not Americans. Um, I think I can guess what this book is a little bit about. But uh, why don't you tell us about it just a second? Well, Tim, thank you so much for having me with you, and I appreciate that opportunity. Uh, Made in America by Americans, Not Americans is a book celebrating the American can-do spirit. And it was based upon 
many different facets of our American success over 200 years and the individual freedoms that we've had and how we need to celebrate and nurture and restore that versus the American attitude of having the government basically do everything for us. And it's a book of leadership. It's a book of a motivational book, an inspirational book. It's a book that can help people defend their beliefs in this country, as well as educate children and grandchildren so that we can pass along this great gift to future generations. All right. Well, obviously, that is a message that a lot of us could stand to hear right about now. Uh, one of the things that I do greatly appreciate about your writing and your efforts is you are somebody that remains focused on the positive and focused on faith as well. And uh, this, like I said, it's a message we definitely need to hear because it seems like we're more divided than ever. And in fact, I constantly see signs of people starting to wake up to the facts but I'm afraid, uh, Richard, that we're to a point now where certain powers, uh, for lack of a better word, and I think maybe that's the best word anyway, certain powers are aligned against us, and maybe they're starting to feel those shifting tides too, which forces them to double down. I'm afraid we're at a point where things are probably going to get a little bit harder before they start getting better. Uh, is that a view that you share? Well, yes, uh, I think that we're in a difficult time, but part of the thing that I try to say in the book, as well as my message is, is our forefathers, parents, grandparents, and others went through things that were much more difficult than what we're going through, and they were able to come together and overcome challenges we've not had to face at this time, and they were a stronger people because of their faith and because of coming together as a country and communities and neighbors and families. And that's the path that we need to take. And it's, this book is very much a positive book. It's, it's not political from the standpoint that the word Democrat or Republican, big D or big R is not in it at all, because I believe the principles that made America successful are bipartisan. And I'm old enough to remember when both parties espoused these same principles and helped us to be successful. But yes, I think there are people now who want to divide us on issues, and we see it from the media division and then the people's response to those stories in the media that help perpetuate this split. Because a lot of times I'll talk to people who believe exactly like I do but yet they may vote on the other side of the spectrum just because of the media feeds they they get. Right. Yeah, I, I think you really hit upon it when you talk about uh, some of the things that our uh, our fathers, our mothers, our grandfathers, grandmothers, our great grandfathers, great all the things that they went through made them not only stronger character, but also helped them to understand how to appreciate the things that America actually offered. Uh, a lot of the things that uh, our current younger generation uh, have went through, uh, they pale in comparison. Uh, the old adage about how hard times make strong men and uh, strong men make for yes. easy times, I, I think that's majorly at play. The philosophy that allows these folks to believe that somehow socialism can offer something more. And obviously that's not a, a topic that we're really talking about here, but going back around to 
that can-do American attitude, uh, it's almost as if it's been weeded out intentionally by a lot of folks. And that really is the uh, the torch we need to relight uh, to get back to, to that point that you're talking about, if, if I'm not getting uh, your general message wrong here. No, absolutely. I believe stronger Americans make America stronger. Stronger government makes Americans weaker because everything the government takes to say they're going to do for us, they take an individual freedom from us and make us weaker because it's when we have to have individual responsibility and take care of things, that's bills strengthen us to face tougher times internationally. These other countries around the world, they don't care about how soft we are. They like that. And a, an illustration of what I mentioned a minute ago, it's, it's kind of interesting in watching the student loan forgiveness fiasco that's going on. Freedom-loving people are upset because the government's doing too much. Socialists are upset about the same decision because they don't think the government's doing enough. And that, to me, is the best illustration of what we see on so many policies. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. Uh, so uh, for the folks that are already interested in picking up a brand new copy of the Made in America, uh, what would you say is the number one reason? why somebody should go ahead and pre-order now rather than wait till it comes out? <laughs> Great question. So the book has 46 individual essays, 800 to 1,000 words. It's like a newspaper article. The first section is learning. Next section is learning and leading. Third section is learning, leading, and leading a legacy. There's over 250 references of people, places, and events that we can emulate of successful people who we should follow their lead, not Americans. There's over 100 motivational quotes. There's over 100 battles, bullets for action. Uh, every essay has action items. So when somebody sees something that they want to do, there's steps they can take to try to make a difference. Right. Yeah, so uh, right now, if somebody was going to go pre-order a copy, where do they need to go? Well, available by pre-order today at Amazon.com, and they can look up under my name, Richard V. Battle, and all of the books are there. It'll originally come out in paperback September 6th. Uh, the Kindle and audio versions will follow soon thereafter. All right. And uh, uh, remind me if I forget, Richard, but I definitely want to give you a chance to remind them, uh, all the listeners by them, uh, one more uh, time exactly where they can look to find it. And, of course, share your websites then as well. But, uh, you know, I'm excited to see the new book, but I'm also excited to get to speak to you again, too, because like I mentioned at the top, you're somebody who's literally been at ground zero of, and some people say I'm using too strong words, but I really... I don't think it's uh, too strong. I think the uh, phrasing of an invasion across our southern border is very accurate. Um, what is the latest going on there specifically? Because I know this is something you keep a close eye on. Well, yes. And the last year and a half, I've advocated that what's going on is purposeful. And that's the main thing that I wish more people would recognize. It's not accidental what's going on. It's purposeful to serve the current administration. And yes, I think there's a motivation to bring future voters in, but I also think there's a motivation to bring cheap labor in. And when you see the United States Chamber of Commerce 
wanting illegal immigration, that makes you think that that's part of the purpose. And that, to me, is totally against what their local members stand for because they stand for strong local communities and local businesses, yet the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is advocating the illegal immigration. Uh, to, to back up just a minute, we have three threats, and I always like to mention these because it's easy to overlook them. There's a national security threat, uh, and after 9-11, we should be vigilant about that more so than we are. There's a health threat. We're seeing diseases back in the U.S. that were eradicated 50 to 100 years ago. And then there's the economic threat. Every local community where these illegal aliens are showing up are having to feed them, clothe them, give them housing, medical care, schooling, because 98% of these people can't take care of themselves. And the proof of that, all you have to do is look at Mayor Adams in New York and Mayor Bowser in Washington and watch them squealing with just a few hundred illegals who've been transported into their communities and saying that they cannot take care of them. Yeah, I think that's a perfect example of how open border and how welcoming and how sanctuary city these guys uh, have constantly been until all of a sudden it's on them to take care of them. And then uh, for these huge cities, uh, suddenly a, a few hundred at a time, uh, every little bit uh, is just overwhelming. It's just overwhelming. Meanwhile, there are border towns with uh, populations of just a few thousand that are literally seeing uh, tens of thousands come across uh, that they've had to deal with and try to get assistance. And it is kind of funny. In fact, uh, well, I probably shouldn't say funny because it's not really funny at all, but it's just, uh, I suppose, interesting is a better word to see how quickly they change their tune when it's on them to actually take care of them and come up with the answers. But uh, that's one of the things that last time you were on, we were just getting to talk about. Uh, there was the conversations about starting to bust some of these folks, and we also were talking about the uh, the efforts by the Biden administration to move these illegals after they would quickly process them and then release them. And then they were uh, seeing these late-night flights to places like Chattanooga, to places like uh, Illinois and Wisconsin, uh, to the point that this has literally become a situation where every state is a border state now. Um, as far as this is concerned, though, I think one of the most interesting phenomenon that you're not hearing too much about in the mainstream media is the fact that we had seen already, uh, due to some uh, uh, progressive, we will use their terminology, progressive DAs, a spiking in crime. But then in places like New York and Washington, we have seen yet an additional spike since these busloads of illegals have just shown up. Is this a case of me being overly sensitive to, to non-related issues, or is there any chance at all that these are not directly related to one another? No, I think they're absolutely directly related, uh, because when you bring people into a city and deposit them, I'll use that D word versus another one, and they have no way to take care of themselves until they get into the social welfare system and somebody takes care of them, they've got to eat and sustain themselves. And if they don't have the money, which most of them don't, they're going to do what they need to do to feed themselves. And if they drug little kids with them, uh, to feed them as well. So you're seeing crime. There's a lot of people that have criminal tendencies and records that are coming across. 
uh, a lot of single males in the young age group who can be provoked into action that way as well. And, and so we're, we're going to see more of it. Uh, another thing that I think is, is disturbing is how the increase in trashiness in the cities with more of these people in them. And I was on the inaugural board of Keep Austin Beautiful years ago, and part of the thing was keeping the streets clean and litter-free and things of that nature, big campaign. And you can go into areas of Austin, Texas today, and it's trashier than I've ever seen. It's like a third-world country between the homeless and illegals because there's no ownership or care to take care of the city. Yeah, I think that's a big part of why we've seen some of these uh, diseases that we had eradicated from the U.S. and uh, actually we thought for the most part around the world suddenly make reappearances. When when I first heard the story uh, a couple of years back about the bubonic plague uh, showing up in downtown Los Angeles along Skid Row, uh, these are situations that are not occurring just randomly out of the blue. This isn't some uh, just surprising biological oddity. This is a case of a lack of responsibility on the part of those who are supposed to be in charge uh, doing the things to keep the city streets safe and sanitary. And a lot of that has to do with uh, poor handling of homelessness and definitely poor handling of uh, illegal migrant uh, policies. Uh, I think there's been a huge disconnect between the idea of what actually is compassion because that's always the battle cry from the left on this. Uh, and I, I hate to keep making it political, but it's a political show I do. And I know that you don't take this from a political side point, so I don't want to put words into your mouth. But uh, I do think the left in particular loses sight of what actually does constitute compassion. Because you can't just look the other way and pretend like a problem doesn't exist and call that compassion. Uh, if you're not helping to address and solve the problem, you're not being compassionate. And uh, there are occasions when, uh, whether we like to or not, uh, sometimes tough love is the only love that's appropriate. Well, yes, and, and I mean, all of these things we're talking about should be bipartisan. And when I see stories of little girls drowning in the Rio Grande, and getting washed away in the river and, and drowning or dying either on the southern side of the border or in Texas from heat because our heat is still up close to 100 degrees. And if they get dehydrated and are, have heat exhaustion, they can die there as well if they're not part of a cartel group coming across. There's sex trafficking. They're trafficking and selling little girls. There's all kinds of things, uh, weapons trafficking, drug trafficking, the fentanyl crisis is hitting everywhere in the country right now. And the amount of money that these cartels are making off all of this is, is obscene. And for the government not to do anything in response to it makes me question some of the things that are going on that aren't being reported, including how are these caravans that show up in Guatemala and down in the Northern Triangle, thousands of people, they'll show them walking a little bit. Well, those people, I do not believe, walk the entire distance. I believe that there's non-government organizations who are help transporting them up to the border and helping them get across because I cannot believe a story of a seven-year-old girl like there was a month or so ago from Honduras that supposedly walked 3,000 or 3,000 miles uh, from 
Honduras. It's not 3,000 miles, not mass off on that, but she walked all the way from Honduras by herself. I cannot believe a seven-year-old would do that. So I think there's other transportation. There's somebody paying for that. No one is investigating or revealing that at this time, and I would love to know who that is. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, uh, we now live in a time where we can't just uh, take take anybody's word <clears throat> at face value, uh, that there does need to be investigations, but uh, it does seem rather ridiculous that uh, that there's clearly a concerted effort. Somebody is behind it, and uh, part of me fears the old Clowergan uh, Piven effect, that uh, some folks are trying to destroy us from yes. within, trying to take advantage yes. of our of our own humanity, of our generosity, and there's no doubt Americans are the most generous uh, people on the uh, on the face of the planet, and part of that is because we have been blessed so much, it's hard not to be, and a lot of folks on the left try to paint uh, those of us who have any concerns whatsoever about this as being uh, less than charitable when it's actually the opposite, because these people are endangered. And there's just there's no two ways about it, uh, Richard. Absolutely. Have... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say we're already running quickly uh, out of time, which I hate because it, it does feel like the conversation is really just starting to get good, and there's <laughs> so much uh, to talk about. So I guess the simple solution is to make sure we get back together again sometime real soon. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, definitely look forward to the new book. Uh, please, before we go, remind everybody again where they can find that and throw out your websites. And if you're still inviting folks to follow you any place on social media, which a lot of folks aren't anymore these days, but if you are, uh, feel free to share your handles and, and all the locations that you want to uh, include. Well, the website's richardbattle.com, and there's information about my speaking and books there. A pre-order for Made in America by Americans, not Americans, is available at Amazon.com, either under the title or Richard V. Battle. Uh, yes, I'm on all social media, either as Richard V. Battle or RV Battle, including Getter, MeWe, Parlor, Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> all, all the major players. All right. Again, thank you so much for joining me today. As always, I greatly appreciate your uh, your unbiased viewpoint of uh, ground zero situations you know, and uh, the fact that you come from a place of uh, loving America and just loving your fellow man, and it shines through, sir. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, God bless, Godspeed, and good luck with the brand new book, uh, number nine for Richard. Uh, uh, yes. Just like I said, terrific. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you, Tim. God bless America. All right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Richard V. Battle. You're listening to Tap Into the Truth.
right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for staying with me through that. Uh, of course, great conversation with Richard V. Battle and the brand new upcoming book, uh, Made in America by Americans, not Americans. Uh, I am looking forward to it. I hope you'll uh, go pre-order a copy, or if you're not going to pre-order, it's not too many days away. After all, August is almost over now, so uh, just go find the book. It's going to be a great read. I promise you all his others are great reads. I, I really enjoy reading uh, Richard's stuff, and uh, you know, it's always a good conversation with him. Uh, we've got a few minutes before time to reset the hour, so wanted to make sure that we kind of address something. I talked to about a few different topics with uh, Ron earlier today, and during the process of that, there were still a few things that I'd like to reiterate that you're not going to get to hear in this first hour. Uh, one of the big things from the past week, of course, was the unconstitutional, unlawful uh, student loan forgiveness fiasco. We'll see how things play out there, but I have some serious concerns in regards to uh, how the courts are going to react, because there's going to be challenges. Uh, there should be challenges. It's not legal what they did. Nancy Pelosi said it best. In fact, uh, played at the very top the intro to the show, uh, a very long clip. Uh, here's a short clip of what Nancy had to say about it. Here's the thing. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would that has to be an act of Congress. But the, the difference between the president, do, president can't do it. So that's not even a discussion. That's not even a discussion. Now, that was about a year ago that Nancy said that. And now, of course, because it's her guy, a guy with a D at the end of her name that's went ahead and done it anyway, she's bragged about how bold a move it is. It's bold because, once again, one more step into a banana republic. One more total ignoring of the Constitution. Now, like I said, talked about that a little bit with Ron, and you'll hear that conversation. But... If you're listening on terrestrial radio, you'll have to tune in till tomorrow to hear it. Another thing that is important, of course, is the release of the redacted version of the affidavit used to get the search warrant to go into Mar-a-Lago. Uh, been kind of per perusing through it. I have not sat down and adequately went through it. Was pretty much under the weather the last several days and hadn't felt much up to very many things. Uh, terrible excuse, I know, but at least I'm on the mend, feeling better, and uh, have dug into it a little bit. But the uh, concern here is whether or not uh, you're going to get that uh, actual due process here. Uh, still waiting to hear if they're going to allow for a special uh, marshal, somebody who's uh, going to actually uh, look at all the documents that have been taken. But from what I've seen in this affidavit, it is astonishingly vague, especially for something as important as this is. The only thing that's really been reported with any consistency is that there was 184 individual documents with classified markings. The problem with that, guys, is that those classified markings don't necessarily mean anything, and that's why they've been very specific to use that phrasing. Now, there's a few folks that are doing the quick reporting. Oh, look at all this classified material. It's 
because it was classified at some point. That doesn't mean that any of it is classified anymore. Donald Trump has said repetitively that he has declassified every bit of it. Now, does that mean it was appropriate for him to do so? Well, we would have to see it to know that for sure. And the whole point here is they're trying to make sure that we can't see it, that we don't know exactly what was in it. In order to know if it's appropriate for Joe Biden to reclassify it, again, we would need to see it. We would need to know what's in it. And unfortunately, we have to trust people that have proven themselves untrustworthy to make that call on our behalf. It's very sad. Uh, to me, at any rate, because I'm that guy. I want to believe that the, that these are the good guys. I want to believe that all of them are standing up for what's right and doing the right thing. I just, we can no longer just take their word for it, though. This redacted uh, affidavit is not particularly specific as it should have been, and there's a lot of holes in this difference in the story between what was offered up in this affidavit and what we know to be true including the fact that there was ongoing conversations between Trump's attorneys and uh, the National Archives. They had been willing to give back uh, certain documents. Whatever they were looking for had better be dang big deal here, and so far we we have no idea. It just feels to me like, again, just more verification that this was still a fishing trip. This was just an expedition to try to find something. Show me the man, I'll find you the crime scenario instead of show me the crime and I'll find you the criminal. Um, the, the investigation is going in the wrong direction. In fact, we heard multiple times that this is early in the investigation. Search warrants like this, especially going to a former president's home, should not be an early investigation area. It's not the kind of thing that should be done right off the bat. It's something that should be done in the closing days to finish up the investigation, to get the last of the case you're building. Because if you still need that much documentation to go build your case, then you probably do not have enough to go in to get a search warrant, period. All right, that's going to have to be it for the first hour. You guys don't go anywhere. Hour number two will start right after this, and we will uh, do a lot of the uh, Sunday afternoon conversation, but we will not get all of it in today. Uh, so watch for more of it on Tuesday's broadcast. In the meanwhile, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, don't go anywhere. Hour number two starts right after this. She was from a blue state clan, taught to praise the little man, told that unions saved the working class. He was raised a red state son, to love the flag and own a gun. Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees they said their vows He couldn't say when He couldn't say how He couldn't say why She was different in his eyes 
cousin had a kid Tried to live like their parents did But both their parties taxed them close to death They learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't say when She couldn't say how She couldn't say why He was different in her eyes You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president. to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble and 
mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee. And man, oh man, just so much crazy going on that uh, every time I say it, I feel like I'm getting close to the maximum amount. And then, well, the Democrats just prove me wrong, boys and girls. They keep finding a way to outdo themselves, and that's just where we're at, I guess. All right, for those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast on Terrestrial Radio, it's important to understand that the uh, live broadcasts occurred on 8-28 of 2022. Yep, we are nearly done with August. It is Sunday, and so I did have the Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron Edwards, but because I was a little behind on uh, broadcasting due to being under the weather the majority of last week, and because I did record one of the scheduled interviews, uh, there were two others I did not get to from last week, uh, I'm not able to play the entirety of the uh, Sunday afternoon conversation today. So, what that means is I'm actually going to play the first half here in hour number two, and then I'm going to continue to play the second half of the Sunday afternoon conversation uh, in upcoming broadcasts. So, uh, depending on what happens here and there, may get all of it in on Tuesday. Maybe only do one segment on Tuesday and then another segment on Thursday. We'll see how it plays off. Uh, point is, there's a good chance you may get a little... Ron Edwards all week long with me as far as that's concerned. I hope you don't mind. Uh, I think the conversation was a little better than the normal. Uh, but here's what we're going to do. going to go ahead and start playing uh, the first segment with Ron right now. And uh, we will get uh, the first half of the conversation in uh, on the remainder of the hour uh, that we have together for today's broadcast. So right now... Uh, let me take a very brief little segment to play some uh, tunage here, and uh, we'll slide right in to the first segment of the Sunday Afternoon Conversation. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tapp and Tap Into the Truth. Right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you once again for staying with me through that very brief break. And uh, as is the tradition on Sundays, I am now once again honored to be joined by the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience. Yes, that's right. It is indeed Mr. Ron Edwards. Ron, uh, thank you once again for giving a part of your Sunday, joining us to uh, talk to the audience and to, uh, you know, basically share your wisdom and thoughts with us on the uh, biggest news stories going on. Uh, before we jump into anything, though, how are you today? Doing well. Um, staying, making sure I uh, uh, couldn't stay inside, had to do outdoor work, but it's a good day. Yeah, a hot day, but it's it's good. And uh, considering what's going on, I cannot complain about anything in my own personal life. Considering what's going on throughout our republic, it's you know, God's keeping us uh, in a good spot. So uh, I will not complain at all. All right. Well, you know, 
that's a pretty good attitude to have right now because dad gummit, uh, we got to take the positives where we can find it. Uh, honestly, Ron, I, I've been under the weather for the majority of the past week with the stomach bug that has knocked me out. And there's so many things I haven't had a chance to, to talk about, uh, due to that. And, uh, I find myself with so many things I wanted to talk to you about and I'm, I'm trying to narrow everything down and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there's just, there's not enough time. And if we tried to take it, uh, your wife would be really mad at me and probably you too for not telling me to, to just cut it out because we'd be here for a while. But uh, let's kind of jump into things and see um, how much of uh, this uh, itinerary I have laid out that we can get to. Obviously, I think uh, the biggest story, although uh, there's a few other big ones. The biggest one is still this continuing situation ongoing with the Biden Justice Department uh, basically trying to kibosh Donald Trump and anything, uh, all things Trump. They don't, obviously, they're scared to death he's going to run again and probably win, but uh, they're trying to destroy the man completely. Uh, the latest, of course, being the uh, public reveal of the redacted version of this warrant affidavit. And uh, I don't know if you've really had a chance to dig into it too far. I haven't gotten through the whole thing myself uh, just because, uh, like I said, I was under the weather initially, and then I've been trying to play catch-up. And uh, there's not a lot that wasn't actually redacted from what I've seen on these multiple pages. But, uh, Ronnie, if you've had a chance to look at this any at all, correct me if I'm wrong, it looks like a whole lot of ifs, ands, whats, and buts, and that this is absolutely 100%, as you have called it, as I've referred to it, as I've heard a bunch of others, nothing more than a very broad general warrant, which is essentially is just a fishing expedition uh, trying to find anything, uh, even as far as their references and the reporting that's come from it. Oh, there was 184 uh, different uh, documents that were labeled classified. Now, they're very particular about the wording when it comes to the written versions uh, because because something was labeled as classified, because it has classified markings, doesn't mean that it's classified any longer. You just, you can't take those markings off the documents. Uh, even if you just start out talking about the fact that uh, I think Dan Bongino has done a really good job of explaining this. Uh, he used the example of one of the most frequent common occurrences of a presidential travel path. Uh, obviously, that's going to be uh, marked as being classified up until the time that uh, the trip is made. And at that point, you don't even have to declassify it anymore because it becomes common knowledge. Uh, the route of the trip's revealed because of how the trip was made. Uh, but even then, uh, just because something was classified at the time it's marked doesn't mean that it hasn't been declassified, which Donald Trump says that he has. And I think some of the bigger, uh, scarier aspects here that we should be focusing more on is the fact that uh, Joe Biden still claims to have not had any uh, warning ahead of time at all, despite the fact that uh, they signed off on the fact that they would refuse to extend executive privilege. Never mind the fact that a lot of it is still attorney-client privilege because most of his advisors were also his attorneys. So a uh, very convoluted situation. But, you know, after I've spent so much time just hogging the conversation at this point, Ron, what is it that you're seeing here? And uh, is there any place where I'm off on it? Well, I cannot 
say that you're off on anything. First of all, I've got to admit, I have not had a chance to look at very much of the of the uh, paperwork at all. So I don't. Mm. So um, but based upon what little I do know, I do know about the procedure, though. I understand that, um, first of all, how those documents even got to Mar-a-Lago. The president didn't even box those up. The GSA does. And there's another government a government department that does all that and takes those boxes or took those boxes to Mar-a-Lago. Um, so the government fully knew what was going to Mar-a-Lago. And by the way, that's in, I, I think, I don't have it before me, Article 2 of the Constitution explains the uh, president's authority in that regard. And what they're doing basically is just poo-pooing on his authority and what his privileges are, uh, unlike what they did with Ali Obama when he took a, a lot of stuff. And there were a few complaints about some of the um, the importance of some of you know of, of some of the materials that he took, but they didn't go after him. They did not do anything. They just basically kissed his backside and said, "Okay, okay, okay, Ali Obama, you can have whatever you want," and that was it. Few Republicans said a few things ceremonially, I guess, to show that uh, I don't know what they were trying to show because nothing came of it. So this is all about dealing. See, they're they're depending upon the ignorance of the American people. See, if the American people were more up to snuff, just on what I just just told you, this would not have. Uh, this would not have a, a, a snowball's chance in hell. This thing would have already been melt, melted and, uh, and evaporated. But because so many pe uh, people are programmed and ignorant about simple procedures and what is the president's authority, what are the privileges that he has, some of them to our detriment, like with Ali Obama with some of our material that he took, um, they don't know and they don't know that they don't know. And they're more apt to go along with the lies. As the Bible says, it's easier to believe a lie than the truth in many cases, especially people that are already programmed to accept and march to the drumbeat of the lie. And so that's what I see a lot of going on without even having taken a look at much of the, uh, the material at hand. Right. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, this isn't that dissimilar to uh, when they tried to uh, legally stop, uh, when I say legally, I mean through the courts, uh, it was illegal to make the effort. The, uh, the travel moratorium on these uh, nations that had high terroristic issues with very little vetting, uh, they, of course, colloquial referred to it as a, a Muslim ban, uh, and then they called it the travel ban after that, and they kept throwing Muslim in, but uh, the majority of the countries involved were predominantly Muslim countries. Oh, shocking surprise, uh, those mm -hmm. are the countries most likely to have uh, high incidences of terrorism problems and difficulty identifying who people really are. Uh, what a terrible coincidence. Maybe you should change that if you don't want that to be the case. But they literally said in court then that had it been any other president, uh, that it would be perfectly legitimate this executive order falls within their powers and their authority, but we just can't let Trump do it uh, because he's a racist. Uh, we know that because of the way he talks. Uh, during a campaign, no less, and they certainly don't want to be held accountable for what they say in a campaign. Uh, so you're essentially saying that a majority of this 
falls in the fact that the American people don't really understand that, uh, yeah, they have the authority as president of the United States to do this, and that it's still these folks on the left that are just trying to destroy Trump, period, and it's the same type of denial uh, of the privileges of office just because they still are in denial that he even won the office. It's pretty much your summation there. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. Well, I mean, it's I certainly don't disagree with you. There's a lot of that still happening, undoubtedly. But at the same time, this feels more dangerous than even that, because at least there they acknowledge it still didn't change the outcomes, strangely enough. But they, they at least admitted in court then that, oh, yeah, well, anybody else can do this. It's like, OK, why is Trump so different? Uh, what happened to equal protection under the law? And just to continue to see this. We're listening to a couple of the other bigger stories of the week. Uh, we are firmly in a banana republic now. I, I don't even know that we can even continue to use the word republic. We're just living in a time that's bananas wrong. Yeah. Oh, one thing I, you might have hit on it, and just in case you did, uh, hopefully I, I didn't miss it. But um, they, it has been theorized that some material that could implicate Mrs. Clinton was also in, 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 in the materials, and that's why they went after that stuff, because they're trying to protect Hillary and any other uh, evildoers in government or who are formerly in government that he may have some evidence on and uh, could u- utilize in case, uh, you know, he got in, got back in or whatever, or Republicans took the majority in the uh, Senate and the uh, in Congress. And that was another CYA move, I think. Yeah. Well, I have no doubt there's a lot of that going on, too, Ron, because a lot of these documents uh, were collected with the intention of being able to prove uh, that there was, in fact, spying done early on on the campaign illegally, uh, that there was no Russian collusion, which, you know, all that has come to fruition. But the saddest part of all that is evidence or not, uh, these people don't have to have evidence anymore. They still have. A large number of people, even in the media, that are still telling the lie of Russian collusion. They're still believing uh, and, and ignoring evidence to the contrary. Now, I get uh, confirmation bias and wanting to stick to your guns. I've I've fallen for that occasionally myself, where I've just uh, it pains me to say it, Ron, because I like to think that I'm a reasonable guy and I'm always thinking. But we fall into this tribalism sometimes, and it's hard to avoid. But there has to be an occasion where you just recognize where even the folks at CNN and the New York Times begrudgingly acknowledge that, okay, well, maybe there wasn't this, but we're pretty sure there was still something else. Okay, how many times you get away with saying that before you lose your credibility? For some folks here, it seems like there's not a limit. You're right. And see, there's no logical justification for that other than the fact that people are very ignorant and there's no demand for true justice well, I, I, the, yeah, I don't think they much. I don't think they understand what justice means anymore Ron that's why they always use these different <laughs> adjectives uh, we need social justice we need racial justice we need uh, how about just some actual justice and we don't need to qualify it that would be great 
I think we'd all be better off with that, whether we recognize it or not. Uh, was of course, the exceptions of certain people who've been up to no good, but uh, that's kind of what justice is for. Uh, we even have folks that are supposed to be conservatives that are still out there getting on this bandwagon and, and saying all kinds of negative things. We saw it with Liz Cheney, and we were talking before we got started about another incident that you wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, what did I want to talk about? Um, uh, Certain individuals supporting leftists because of yes, 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 yes. See, there's so much, Tim. I just, yeah, you know, it, it's like a salad. It gets mixed up in there. But uh, yeah, Kensinger and uh, Lizard Cheney uh, have both said that they are going to support leftist Democrats rather than Republicans because they want to hurt Trump. And the last time I checked, Trump isn't even in office. And there's a possibility, even if he runs, he could lose. I mean, it's a possibility. I'm not saying it's highly probable, but he still could lose. And why would you endanger the entire republic on behalf of a man whom you hate because he happens to love the country more than he uh, appreciates globalism, socialism, communism, uh, leftist bigotry, uh, oh, oh, here's the other one, abortion, human trafficking, child trafficking, pedophilia, all those kinds of things, man-boy love. See, Trump is against all of those things more strongly than 90% of Christian preachers in this country, and it's because of that people like Kensinger and Lizard Cheney hate the man but they have no problem. Kensinger, isn't isn't Kensinger uh, uh, an Arizona from Arizona? I believe so. Yeah. Okay, I asked that that way just for a reason because the last time I checked, correct me if I'm wrong, sir. <laughs> but the last time I checked, Arizona happens to be on our southern border, and it is being racked by illegal border crosser pain that is being. Uh, ratcheted against the ranchers down there, the residents, and even the landscape. I don't know if you've ever been to that border. I have years ago, but it was the same condition then. It's just more magnified now. But the conditions I saw, I thought when they took me down there, I thought they were – in fact, I got a little ticked. I said, you all just took me to a, a – a, a dump here. This is a dump. I thought it was one of those uh, landfill projects and they were, you know, funning me or something because they, these people are jokesters. And I thought this was another one. No, it was actually the border. And this is the kind of, most of those illegal border crossers are slobs. Well, yeah, I, I'm afraid I'm going to have to make a slight correction to you, sir. That was our former southern border. Our current southern border is somewhere <laughs> up close to Canada now, thanks to the policies of Joe Biden. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it, these are people that are literally ignoring not only their constituents, the direct people that have put them in a position to represent them, but the overall 
uh, wellness of the country. Uh, we have literally gotten to the point now where the education in this country has been uh, destroyed to a point that it's become a national security issue because people aren't able to even crit critically think well enough to see through the bunk to realize what the difference between uh, being compassionate to those that are less fortunate and maintaining control of your border and having sovereign borders, uh, why that's important. Because you can't continue to be compassionate to anyone if you can't control your own uh, population uh, to a, to that extent. Who's coming in? Who's the threats? Who are the criminals? How do we stop the fentanyl? How do we, <laughs> you know, how do we do all the things a country is supposed to do? All the things that every other country around the world still doing, uh, <laughs> yet somehow we're not allowed. Uh, so much of that. And, and it is, it just does not make sense. These people aren't just betraying their party, uh, not that they probably belong in the party to begin with, but they're betraying the country as well. Uh, it's to a point where once upon a time, me calling these people traitors to the country would have been the worst kind of over-the-top hyperbole, but now they're legitimately, they've taken an oath to defend the Constitution and the country as a whole, and they're breaking that oath, and I think that's enough in this case with them knowing darn well what's at stake to make a legitimate legal argument that perhaps there's, if not treason, at least some level of sedition going on. Absolutely. Both. It's just, it's just, just terrible. In another age, most of these people would be arrested. Some of them would have already been placed against a wall and there would have been painting on the wall from inside of their body, red stuff, uh, because bullets would have been flying or at the very least they would have been swinging from the end of a, a thick, very thick rope. Um, and this is what they are deserving of. They're traitors. Not only that, because of their actions, their traitorous actions, they have caused the murder of many Americans. They've caused the rape of many Americans. They've caused the damage to uh, farmland, ranchers. They've harmed cattle down there. There's all kinds of stuff. These, these, And I can't call them people. I, I, I refuse to just call them people because they don't act like people. And I won't insult animals either by by saying that they act like animals because uh, un, the only animals that they're that they're resembling in their actions are the wild boar that run around Louisiana, Texas and places like that. Maybe you guys have them in Tennessee too because it's it's a very warm state. Um, what this wild boar and because a wild boar just like the illegal border crossers, they're the only ones animals that crap in rivers that just make everything much dirtier than just by their presence being there. No other animal does that. Well, uh, the one big exemption there is at least here, at least here in the States, we're allowed to acknowledge that the wild boar is typically an invasive species. And we have some open hunting seasons where we can kind of cut down on the numbers. Uh, <laughs> that'd be, uh, of course, that sounds way cruel. And, and I don't like to, to sound that way. But uh, the fact that we can acknowledge that they are indeed an invasive species, I think uh, that's a legitimate statement, uh, isn't it? Uh, and yes, Ron, we do have a boar issue and it's getting 
getting worse <laughs> the last couple of years in particular. Uh, in fact, I know somebody right now who's having a major issue on his property, uh, and it's very unreal how dangerous these things can be. Um, and just to imagine the life of some of these property owners in Arizona, in Texas, in New Mexico, uh, where they have to deal with uh, the fact that they have armed coyotes coming through their territory. And it's not just illegal border crossers that are the big concern, but it's the organized criminal aspect where they're hustling through fentanyl and other things. Uh, Ron, would you believe that we've already been talking for uh, better than 20 minutes? <laughs> well, you know, I'm getting used to the speed clock, the yeah. speed clock every time we get together. So, yeah, I'd believe it. I would too. Let's go ahead and take a quick break, if you don't mind, and uh, then we will uh, pick right up where we're leaving off and then see if we can't uh, transition to another topic. Uh, you guys don't go anywhere. Uh, I'll be right back after this brief break with my guest, Ron Edwards. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. If you have patriotic leanings and oppose the current abusive and socialist tendencies of the rogue federal government, what's going to happen when they come for you? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook being brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. It doesn't matter if you are a former president, a good police officer, a media truth teller, or Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. The Biden administration's FBI government bullies may pay an unfriendly visit to your residence for a raid. Just recently, FBI bullies raided Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene's Florida residence, not because of anything illegal or traitorous like the Biden regime, but because she has led GOP criticism of federal law enforcement, especially after the unannounced search of Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida. Representative Green understands the nature of the globalist leftist persuasion of the FBI, CIA, NSA, Alphabet, Soup intelligence agencies. They are all corrupt, self-serving, and above all, anti-American. The Founding Fathers plainly stated only a good moral society will remain a free society that keeps government in check. Hopefully, for our own good, we will soon restore morality. If not, forget about it. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. I, I do not view abortion as a, uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. And I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about because you want the best 
Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Sometimes little things make a big difference. Take the modern cooler, for example. Obviously, a cooler is supposed to keep your stuff cold. But it's the little things, the obsessive quest for perfection that sets blue coolers apart. Little things, like realizing that girth matters. So they put 40% more insulation in the sidewalls. It can keep ice cold for up to 10 days at a fraction of the cost of the overpriced brands. Little things, like adding a pressure release valve to the cooler. See, a slight change in air pressure can seal your cooler tighter than a camel's butt in a sandstorm. With Blue Cooler's pressure release valve, a gentle push of a button regulates the pressure, so you can open it with your finger. Little things, like re-engineering a locking mechanism that is so easy to open and close, even a child can do it. (laughs) That's not apple juice! The rest of the industry still uses a thick piece of tire rubber to lock their coolers, requiring the strength of an Olympic athlete to open it. Even the accessories have little things that make a big difference. It's the little things. The little things like the upgraded LED light kit. It illuminates the cooler when you open the lid so you don't accidentally grab an apple juice when what you really wanted was something stronger. Mommy, I'm hungry. Go to bed. It's mommy time. Little things like putting the drain plug on the same side as the wheels so you can easily drain it without looking like a moron. Genius. Little things, like having a built-in bottle opener instead of a trashy-looking accessory strapped to the handle that dings up your cooler. It's the little things. Little things, like putting wheels on the biggest coolers. You're welcome, soccer mom! All those little things on blue coolers certainly feel like big things to me. So don't wait till you're a thousand miles away from civilization before you realize how important the little things really are. Grab yourself a blue cooler and experience the big difference today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. Allow me to welcome back to the broadcast, my friend, great American patriot, the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, and of course, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ron Edwards. Ron, before we jump back into things, please let everybody know where they can find your work and uh, share your websites and uh, social media handles and anything else that you care to put out there for the listening audience. Thank you so much. You can simply uh, find out about where to hear my show. Go to theronedwards.com, theronedwards.com. I'll give you a hint. I'm on Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. But for the rest of it, you got to go to theronedwards.com and check it out to find where to, to pick me up. Also, just uh, find me on social media on Facebook. Uh, go to my the uh, Friends of the Edwards Notebook, rather, Friends of the Edwards Notebook page. And I have a Ron Edwards page on Facebook and uh, the Edwards Notebook one on Truth Social. And I'm also found on LinkedIn as well as um, one other, one other, one other. Anyway, I can't think of it. So there you have it. 
All right. All right. Uh, before we had to take the break, we had been talking about the release of the affidavit, although in a definitely highly redacted format. Uh, the affidavit to justify signing off on the search warrant uh, to go into Marlago. And we kind of transitioned into a conversation where several folks that uh, are supposed to have an R at the end of their name are uh, just brazenly talking about their support of uh, not just Democrats, but some of the more progressive Democrats in some of these cases in an effort to try and lash out at Trump primarily. Uh, before we transition to the next topic, I wanted to give you an opportunity, since I had to kind of cut in to take that break, to uh, offer up any final thoughts on any of that before we moved on. No, I'm, I'm fine. We can move on. All right, then. Uh, then I don't feel so bad about having to, to kind of cut things off then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the other biggest story of the past week, and again, there are several other big stories that are being overshadowed, and I like spending time on those stories, too, because, again, obviously not enough people are, but it's too important not to talk about, and that is this unconstitutional, illegal effort to just uh, excuse student loan debt, uh, as uh, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. has decided suddenly, magically, uh, he just has the power to be an emperor. And, uh, you know, if we're going to be in a banana republic, just just uh, be in a banana republic kind of mentality. Uh, one of my favorite things, and I've got the clip, I'm playing the clip on the show. This is uh, myself, Nancy Pelosi, about a year ago, explaining how the president of the United States doesn't have this power. And yet, she seems to have changed her tune as well. Uh, Ron, first and foremost, I already said this is unconstitutional. I've already said it's illegal. My big concern is they're going to play some games in court and try and deny the people that are going to try to bring lawsuits to challenge this, uh, to try and claim they don't have standing uh, to challenge it. And as you know, the way our legal system is set up, before you can uh, try to stop something like this, you have to establish legal standing. Between this and the debacle with uh, the uh, Department of uh, Health and Human Services trying to uh, manipulate and codify DACA now in regulation since they can't codify it as law, uh, there are so many just ridiculous things going on. But what is your thought primarily first on just the idea of the debt forgiveness? And then we'll dig a little more into the weeds. Just on the surface, it's it's something that is awful. It doesn't help anyone in the long run, even those whose debt is partially um, paid off, I guess, but not really. It doesn't really help anyone in the long run because it hurts the entire overall economy. And for individuals to want that, you know, here's another case of people that are incurably ignorant and they don't understand the long-term effects of these things that are supposedly designed to help them, which they are not. All they are is carrots in front of the, the little donkeys, the little voting donkeys, uh, to uh, dazzle them into voting Democrat. And then when it's too late, such as the case now with the Biden administration and many other issues, when it's too late, they'll realize that they're screwed, 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 and there's nothing they can do about it because – the judiciary has been so corrupted, you know, chances are maybe 60% that you will find if you. Thwart the law, 
uh, or precedent and just rule, well, you don't have any standing. Nope. I'm throwing it out. Goodbye. Have a good day. And see, when you're in a court of law in the United States of America, people don't understand this. When you look in, at um, the right or the left of the uh, judge and you see an American flag and you see the gold trimming around the flag, most people don't understand that when you go in that room, you don't have any rights anyway. That is in accordance with uh, uh, globalist law or in, with the United Nations. And so you're already screwed from the get-go, the only reason why you sometimes go to court and you have a fair trial is because that judge individually has decided to run <clears throat> run his courtroom according to U.S. law and according to our constitutional mandates. But he, any judge at any time can throw a case out, do whatever they want to do, because when you go into a courtroom as an American sovereign – but you become a citizen or ward of the state in that courtroom with that gold trimming, you don't have any rights anyway. But most people don't know that. And what we should be demanding is get that symbol out of the courtroom and start from there. I mean, that's just one, one area. But if people don't know and they don't know that they don't know, in some cases they don't want to know because you present the truth and they want to blow it off. And the nice people will say, well, it's all corrupt anyway. <laughs> Nothing we can do, especially the religious people, because they don't want to acknowledge the evil that is coming uh, from the Democrat side. Well, I think part of the problem there, Ron, and we may have uh, touched on this before, but if you uh, acknowledge that evil, then you also have to acknowledge that you haven't stepped up to stop it. Uh, you know, it, it really is that simple. Uh, this didn't happen overnight. Uh, we've been seeing it for a long time. People like you and I have been trying to warn people for a long time. There's been folks out there trying to warn about it a lot longer than you and I have been alive because they've seen it. And most folks are so busy doing uh, their whatever, their hobbies, their life, whatever it may be. Hey, let's watch the Kardashians. Uh, you know, <laughs> to the point that they think that we're nut jobs. I mean, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had in the last week uh, because uh, people just basically saying that I'm as much of a nut job as that Alex Jones guy. And I'm thinking, OK, first of all, I'm not saying that we're making the frogs gay, but uh, what exactly is the part where you seem to think that it's completely nuts? It's like, well, you still believe in the Constitution. That's just crazy. It's like, uh, no. In fact, I, I literally broke this line out, Ron, once this week. I'm going to do it uh, probably the next few times I get a chance to. Uh, got to the conversational point where these were clearly some uh, leftists, and they were feminists, too. And I said point blank, it's like, well, okay, well, what's your thoughts on The Handmaid's Tale? And they're like, well, it's actually one of the, the best pieces of literature, at least in modern literature. It's like, okay, well, have you actually read the book? And one of the three people that was in this conversation uh, had read it. The others had just watched the Hulu series. And it's like, well, that's okay. It was a blink and you'll miss it moment in the series, but it's in the series too. The one thing that you seem to fail to, to acknowledge here is that even in The Handmaid's Tale, they acknowledge that if the Constitution had not gotten suspended, then 
there would have never been the overthrow of the actual American government. The United States would not have fallen apart, and you would have never gotten this theocracy that exists in The Handmaid's Tale. So even in this uber-leftist, ooh, we're afraid of uh, the uh, environment going bad, and ooh, we're afraid of super misogyny everywhere, there's still the acknowledgement that the Constitution protects you from having these things. And yet, we're not jobs, Ron, because we still believe in the Constitution. Well, to be honest with you, anyone who supports and is on the side of evil, of course you would look like a nut job. Of course I would look like, like a nut job. And then they want to say, well, you're a nut job like Alex Jones. Well, I go back and I listen to a lot of things that Alex Jones has said. Well, I hate to say this, Tim. I hope you don't think that I'm a, a crackpot for saying this, but Alex Jones was a lot more right on than many of the people, than everybody on the left, and then many of the people that are supposedly on the right. Many things that he talked about that are going on, it's all out in the open now. Right. And they and they and they and it was it was it was horrible. Uh, he was kicked off all radio stations. Um, I still see him on TalkStreamLive.com. He's still at least there. Um, but for the most part, he's been given the old boot. But I'd rather have Alex Jones with his gravelly voice than what's going on in our country today, because at least Alex Jones is on the side of our country and on the side of our rights, and he respects the Constitution. And I cannot say that. For, for most of the politicians, including many on the Republican right, including Mitch McConnell. Um, this this guy, he, he is a shameful man. Uh, every time I try to respect him, boy, he shoots he shoots that down again like a, 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 a spot on target shot. Um, the, the, this last incident when he basically uh, said that, uh, you know, questioned the quality of the candidates like Herschel Walker and others, because he doesn't believe in you being a strict constitutionalist. He doesn't believe in you going all the way right. And that's a big problem. I don't mean to stray so, too much away from our topic, Tim, but one of the problems that we have on our side that totally undermines our entire nation is our side is, oh, you, you, you mean you really believe in the Constitution all the way? You really believe black and white? I mean, my professors used to tell me, Ron, you're, you're too simple-minded because you believe in black and white, right and wrong, when there's so much gray matter. I said, the only thing that brings about gray matter is people that do not want to stand on principles, because either you are for evil or you're for good, and even God said he respects you to be totally cold and for evil. He respects them more than the people in the middle who think they're being safe. The gray matter people, which he did. He didn't appreciate that because it was in front of the class and everything. But um, that's 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 one of the reasons why we're in such a heap of hurt now, because our side. I And I never understood that. I, I still cannot understand. And maybe I don't want to understand how is it that if you're on the right and you say you believe in the Constitution, you say you don't believe in all the things that the Democrats are promoting, but yet in order to defeat evil, you have to be in favor of all the way right. 
Jesus could have said, well, you know, I believe in salvation for the people, but you know what? I don't want to go. I don't want to go all the way and, and die. You know, I don't want to be an extremist. I don't want to be an extremist, me, uh, George Washington, although I believe in liberty from uh, George, uh, King George. You know, I, I don't want I, I, I don't think we need to go all the way and, and take a, a, a full risk. Let's just go 90 percent and uh, see how it goes and then compromise the rest of the way and, and grab our ankles. OK, <laughs> I mean, we can't do that, Tim, if right. we want to win this, 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 this war. It's not a battle anymore. If we want to win this war. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I'm afraid that people like Mitch McConnell have been a politician for too long and they're trying to play practical politics and just win for Team Red as opposed to uh, take care of the people's business and actually win a victory for what's good and right. Uh, I think that's the trap he falls into. But uh, the way you were making that discussion, I just had this image of Mr. Miyagi in my head. Uh, you know, uh, Constitution, yes, okay. Constitution, no, okay. We know who you are. Constitution, maybe, <laughs> think so, squish like bug. Uh, <laughs> and that's exactly where we end up with only your squishy and a spine instead. Uh, we do have some issues in the Republican Party, and that has a lot to do with the fact that and an effort to look big tent, which has uh, for some reason been the uh, the effort, they feel like they have to sugarcoat things. And I'm afraid that we saw the most big tent movement of actual honest Americans deciding to, to move over and start voting Republican under Donald Trump, who was not pulling punches, was not giving a weak, spineless message, and was straight up telling you that, hey, if you're a legal Hispanic in this country, one of the biggest enemies you have is unfettered uh, crossing of our southern border. Uh, they, one of the biggest issues, he's, he went point blank, uh, point blank into black neighborhoods and major Democratic strongholds and said, you've been seeing for decades now what these people do to you. What do you got to lose? And the people saw that under Trump, things were better for them, too. That's what makes him most dangerous. And why is that something that can't quite sink into the heads of the Beltway uh, crowd? Well, part of it is some of them are legitimately afraid. They still buy into that conventional wisdom that if you're too extreme, they won't vote for you. But part of it, too, is... They like playing the game. They like the squishy rules. They like the gray areas because they're allowed to play in the gray, too. Hmm. Yeah, and the gray matter, big tent um, philosophy or political gamesmanship is just a, 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 a recipe of disaster. Also with um, Mr. McConnell, he's also compromised like several others. And the fact that uh, his wife is a Chinese, in my opinion, uh, a Chinese operative uh, via her communist daddy, who owns a major shipbuilding company. And I know personally that they, that family has built at least 10 uh, shipping, huge, these huge, huge, huge ocean vessels. Uh, and McConnell is tied in with that. And so he's a butt kisser of the Chinese as well. And so he's compromised that way. And so he would rather live under the compromise all the way compromise under the uh, backside of the, the uh, CCP than to stand up for the wonderful country that made him, gave him the opportunity 
to be in the position that he is in and out of the wonderful state and beautiful state of, of Kentucky. Shameful. These people have no shame to him. And as, as I think about it and I speak about it, I, I have become very ashamed of these individuals. And when I look back, because I look at things and sometimes in a historical context, even as they're unfolding now, and I look at, my God, how, how are people 200 years from now going to look back at this if America wakes up from her stupor and they look at things correctly and they see what was being promoted during our lifetime? And I just wonder and, and, and just how will we be described? Will, we, will those of us who stood for liberty be even remembered? Or will this age only be remembered uh, as the age of America's down period uh, ruled by those who wanted her destruction? I, I just um, because if you if it's Kinzinger, Lizard Cheney, uh, McConnell, any of them, any of them. It's not about even just compromising a little bit here and there. These people want to destroy this country. You think they like you and I? You think those people care about us? You think Nasty Pelosi likes us? You think Way Out Maxine Waters likes us? Do you really think anyone on the left or the rhino? To me, rhinos are leftists too. We might as well just call them all what they are. Because as Kinzinger said and Lizard Cheney said, they will support the Democrats. So that means they are what? Leftist as well. Republicans are, are many Republicans are nothing more than uh, fat, fat uh, jelly beans who are walking around being traitorous. That's all they are, fat jelly bean traitors. And um, they're, they're no good. They're no good for the country. They're no good for um, we the people at all. And uh, they we, we are in a clear uh, and present dangerous uh, danger age like never before. I think America is in greater danger than she ever was during the time of uh, King George. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that we've got more uh, dangerous uh, things going on now than probably in our nation's history. And a lot of it circles right back to the Biden administration and uh, all the efforts of Democrats and uh, those leftists with an R at the end of their name, like you were talking about. Uh, before we uh, have to take another break here, Ron, we started this conversation, this segment here, talking about the student loan debt forgiveness. And there is still another point about that I'd like uh, us to make and discuss just a little bit before we uh, move on. And that is the fact that we have already seen uh, the money that's going to be spent, or I guess we should say wasted, the taxpayer dollars that's going to be wasted on this program are going to completely wipe out the savings that they were claiming they were going to supposedly get from their updated Green New Bill, uh, Build Back Better, uh, narrowed down little bill that initially they were trying to say was inflation reduction, and now they've Nobody in the left is even referring to that anymore. They're now calling it their environmental bill uh, because that's all it was. It was an excuse to work in some other build back better and then to soup up the IRS into a, a militant arm of the government. Not that they haven't acted that way already for a long time, but uh, they're going to be a little more well armed now. Um, if we've already lost what savings they were claiming we were going to get, and then just a couple of days ago, 
the Congressional Budget Office came back and they made an adjustment to the amount of money they believed was going to be brought in through the more aggressive enforcement that the IRS was going to be doing. Turns out they're not going to get near as much as they thought. Uh, so here we are again seeing them claiming this is not going to have an impact on inflation when clearly it's undoing everything positive uh, that could have possibly happened, which we were pretty sure wasn't going to happen anyway. Uh, so don't get it don't get it wrong. But the things they were claiming was supposed to happen, this undo does all of that, and it is by definition going to suddenly put a lot more money back into the economy, chasing after goods that just aren't there. Uh, basically, further worsening uh, inflation, even though they're saying it's not going to. Uh, Ron. Is there anybody out there left that could honestly be so blind as to not believe that this is just an effort to destroy our economy? Well, I think there are people that are left that will say or, or try to make you believe that it they don't that they don't believe that it's a, something that will destroy our economy. But everyone who has just heard what you just said, and anyone who has taken the time to read, and I did read about that understands that this could be the final nail in our economy that could uh, put so much pressure on our vaunted economy that she may be knocked down to second-class status. We will not have the ability to afford a massive, strong military, which we should be able to maintain. Um, we no longer at this point have the capability of taking on two major uh, battles at one time as we used to. Um Yet we continue to spend money, well, and send equipment to other places like uh, No Good Ukraine uh, to help protect their border, while at the same time they say there's no money for our border. So if anyone who is either dumb enough or evil enough to say that, uh, well, we don't believe this is destructive to uh, our economy or our nation, they're telling you an out-and-out -out lie. And the only people that could be seriously telling you that they don't believe it's destruction and they really mean that they don't believe it, they're very slow. And I'm being very polite. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> yes, I, In fact, more polite than usual, Ron. Uh, obviously, you're in a pretty good mood today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll say so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let me ask you, we are pretty much coming up on the normal allotment of time we have together on Sundays. Uh, is it possible that you could spend one more segment with me so we could get to at least one more topic and then still get to the pillars, or do you need to go? No, I can stick around, yeah. As long, long as you need me, I'm here, man. All right. Well, in that case, and, and you guys heard him. Uh, all of y'all heard him. Ron has got all the time that we need. So you may regret making that statement. <laughs> okay, right. let's take another quick break. And then on the other side, we will get to one more uh, very big uh, story, I think, because of how important it is. And uh, then we'll try to sneak in uh, today's discussion of the pillar so that we can you know, continue without skipping and missing a week since we started. Uh, we want to get to the pillar of arts and entertainment. Uh, you got to stay right where you're at. I'll be back after this very brief break with my guest, Ron Edwards. 
except it's going to be longer than a very brief break. It's going to be the next broadcast. Thank you, guys. That's got to be it for today. And uh, remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. And most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And uh, that's it, guys. I'll see you Tuesday.